Hello everyone. As Paul says, I'm going to kick off our series during September on prayer. I want to begin by talking about competitiveness. I'm sure you're all relieved and happy to know that live sport is, has returned to our screens and most of us can't go to um, you know, football matches or cricket matches or the snooker or Grand Prix or wherever we'd, we'd like to go but at least we can watch it on TV. But I've got something honest to say to you, and I'm not sure you believe me, but this is true. I am really not a very competitive person. You might think, yeah, right. I mean, growing up as a teenager playing Sunday League football, I was a defender, always was a defender, probably that's the best place for me, but I enjoyed the games more in which we had to work hard and potentially even lost. As a defender, I preferred it when the attackers were coming and they were great and they were really performing well. Um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't have said this to my coach or to uh, my players, but I actually, I wouldn't say I preferred losing, but I enjoyed the games that were more difficult defensively. Um, I think, you know, taking part in school sports days, I often felt sorry for those who I would beat. I'd often feel sorry for the losers. So I have a problem with winning. I don't consider it as a priority. Um, I enjoy taking part, I enjoy sport, I enjoy playing and watching, but I don't necessarily feel like it's a priority for me to win. You might be a little bit different. I had a friend grow up, growing up in, in school and he would beat me, whether it was football, whether it was any other sport, whether it was a game of top trumps, tiddlywings, marbles, a game of PlayStation, he would beat me 99.999% of the time. And I got so used to losing that I very rarely even tried to win. In fact, if I did win on a very, very, very rare occasion, he would get in a mood and we'd potentially lose our friendship. Shout out to you, Dan, if you're watching. Um, but I think there are certain people in life, particularly elite sportsmen and women, who have a winning mentality. They, it's part of their DNA, it's in their blood, they want to win no matter what, whether it's a, sh a little game with their children at home, or whether it's the Olympics or the World Cup final, they have a mentality about winning. And the question I've got for you, and the question I've posed myself is, do you have a winning mentality when it comes to prayer? In prayer, we can often be quite defensive. When when the chips are down, when things are coming against us, when we have problems in life, when we have a crisis, we turn to prayer. When things are going well, when life is easy, we often forget to pray. We don't feel the need to pray. But I believe, just like winning mentality in terms of sport, we should have a winning mentality when it comes to prayer, a lifestyle, a prayer mindset, not just to go to prayer when we have a problem, but to continually pray. When I pray or when you pray, do you believe that you have the victory, that you can win, that you will achieve, that you'll be successful in your prayer? So this message isn't play to win. This message is called pray to win. Now, the good news is that God always wins. He has the ultimate victory. But the bad news, I guess, is that there is an enemy out there. There is somebody who wants to oppose God. It says in Ephesians 6 verse 11, Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. You know, as a Bible-believing Christian, it's so important not just to believe in God. That might sound controversial. We believe in one God. We believe in Jesus Christ. But we also, I think it's important that we believe in the devil. To quote the usual suspects... <laughs> The greatest trick that the devil ever pulled was to convince the world that he does not exist, which I think is a paraphrase from a French 
power. If we don't believe that the devil exists, then we can be vulnerable to his schemes, as it says in that verse. Um, now, I know we can't give the devil all the credit for all the problems in the world, all the, the, the horrible stuff in the world, because there's human beings involved as well. But we do need to recognise that there is an enemy against our prayers. So the next verse in Ephesians 6, verse 12, says this, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against man and wife and friends and, and people, other nations. It's against rulers, authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So what is our struggle? Just put on the news, just for a moment, think about what is the proof that we have an enemy? The migrant crisis where people have to flee war to come to our country and risk their lives. It could be racism or persecution. It could be how people are mistreated because of, you know, their skin colour. It could be drug addiction. You, you just see what happens to people who get addicted to drugs. It could be child abuse, these heinous things. Um, human trafficking, modern day slavery. Goodness me, there's so much evil. There's so much stuff out there that thinks, you know, that, that makes us think there is an enemy out there that causes us to think, well, you could be afraid. But the good news is that Jesus always wins. But in order to pray to win, Ephesians 6 tells us that we need to put on the armour of God. Now, Ephesians 6 is a verse and is a passage of scripture. I'm going to put myself to the test here. But back as a teenager, I would memorise this passage of scripture. And I'm going to try, um, with no rehearsal, um, to do that here and now. I'm going to try and memorise verses 13 to 17. And it says, therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand. And after you have done everything to stand, take up um, the helmet of salvation. I've forgotten it. Ah, no, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with um, your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now I missed, I stumbled a little bit there, but that, those verses are really important to me. And as a, as a teenager, maybe every now and then, I, I take, when I, you know, in the morning when you're getting ready, when you're getting dressed, put on, when you're putting on your socks and your shoes, put on the, the, the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. When you're putting on your trousers and fastening your belt, the belt of truth buckled around your waist. When you're putting on your jumper or your top, the breastplate of righteousness in place. You can quote and speak these verses out over your life and say, God, I want to be righteous today. Thank you for your righteousness. I want to speak truth today. I want to go and be prepared to go where you tell me to go. Um, the helmet of salvation, God, protect my mind. Um, the shield of faith, you know, anything that comes against me today, the fiery arrows of the, of the enemy, may I deflect them and, and extinguish them. And as you do that, you know, you can, you can take up the shield of faith, the, the deodorant, or you can, you can take up, um, the helmet of salvation as you're gelling your hair in the mirror. You can, um, what, what have I missed? It, I think that's all of it. You, when you put your socks and shoes on, the, the feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. It's an exercise that helps memorise the Bible. Um, but also it's a, it's a great way to pray in the morning. 
So I'm just going to quickly whiz through those elements of the armour of God really quickly. And then I've got a few thoughts um, on a verse which we haven't yet got to in verse 18. But let's just think for a moment, the, um, the belt of truth. And that could mean a couple of things. It could be truth versus falsehood. So when we pray, when we when we um, approach God, let's, let's approach him with the truth. Jesus is the truth. The devil is the lie. Let's approach um, in, and by reading the word of God, it really helps us when we pray alongside reading the, the Bible, which I'll mention in a minute. The breastplate of righteousness. It says in James 5, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. You need righteousness. God doesn't just answer the prayers of, of those who are unrighteous and doing the wrong things. We need the, the breastplate of righteousness in place. Feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. Be prepared. The gospel of peace. Be prepared to give an account and to give a witness as to why you believe what you believe. As it says in 1 Peter, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. During your prayer time, pray that you would have an opportunity. When you wake up in the morning, God, I pray that I would have an opportunity to share my faith, to share my story about Jesus with somebody else. And also in your prayer time, pray for others who have those opportunities, missionaries, preachers, church leaders, your friend, your family who are in a situation where they can share their faith to their colleagues or their neighbours. The shield of faith, this is important. As I mentioned, you know, we don't often carry a shield, but you might carry a can of deodorant. When you put that on in the morning, you can kind of shield yourself or you pick up your hamburger or whatever it is that you take with you, that you hold with you, that, that you can almost symbolise the shield of faith. Now we, unfortunately, um, the way life is, and there is an enemy, there are fiery arrows flying at you from left, right and centre. Some days are worse than others, but we can, there's a number of different, I'll give you a few examples of what those fiery arrows may look like. The first one is grief. You may be hit by a sudden loss or bereavement. And there has to be a response. There has to be a way of extinguishing those darts. Of course, we can't take away that grief. We can't take away, you know, what potentially could have happened to a friend or family member. But listen to what Psalm 30 says. Maybe the shield of faith is all about using scripture and promises from the word of God to deflect the negative, to deflect the flaming the flaming arrows of the evil one. This is what it says in Psalm 30, verse 5. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. You, the flaming arrows could be anger. It could be regret. It could be shame. It could be disappointment. It could be loneliness. There are so many arrows that the devil has schemes and ways in which they push our buttons and get ours. That's why we need the armour of God. We also need the helmet of Sal. So when you're putting on your hair gel, doing your hair or putting on your hat or your actual helmet if you're a motorcyclist or whatever. Uh, but our minds need protecting our, our brains, our thought life. Our thought life can really damage us. That's one way in which the enemy can get into us um, by changing the way we think and causing us to think wrong about ourselves and, and bad about ourselves and negative about ourselves and negative about our situation and our family and our children and, and all these other things. So a really important thing that you can do to win in your prayer life, to pray to win, is to pray for your mind and also pray for your friends' minds, your family's minds, your children's mind, that they will be protected in the name of Jesus.
and take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I'm going to talk more about this for the rest of this message. So we'll jump into verse 18, which is the message, the verse that I sort of promised would be the main centerpiece for the, the remainder of this message. And it's a key verse. You know, we need that armor of God, but we also need some weaponry, the sword of the spirit. But in verse 18, it says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So the rest of this message, I'm just going to pick apart that verse in three sections, three points, three things about that verse that will hopefully help you pray to win and know how to do that, how to pray to win. Now, you might be a prayer warrior of great experience or you might be a complete novice and new Christian. I hope there's something in these next few points that will help you pray to win. The first one is those first three words pray or forwards, pray in the spirit because of verse 17 talking about the sword of the spirit and then verse 18 talking about praying in the spirit I, th- I don't know for sure but I think I can be right in saying them there must be a connection between the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and praying in the spirit for me the logical next step to think about is that prayer is key when it's combined with the word of God. Prayer is connected to the word of God. So you may have all read the Bible. You might be like myself reading through the Bible. I'm doing a Bible in a year. I'm reading a certain, you know, number of verses each day, which equates to the whole Bible in a year. I'm I'm reading through the Bible, but have you thought about praying through the Bible? Um, I'll give you an example. So this morning I read um, 2 Corinthians verse 6 and if you just at chapter 6 and if you read verse 7 for example this is relevant to what we're saying you can read the bible and pray the words of the bible over your situation or somebody else's so it says here we faithfully preach the truth god's power is working in us in the morning god would your power be at work in me or would your power be at work in XYZ, whoever you might be praying for at that time. We use the weapons of righteousness. God, may I be righteous today. May I live righteous. May I do right things and think right things today. Righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. God, would you defend me? God, would you keep me safe? Verse eight, we serve God whether people honor us or despise us. Lord, may I not look for people's approval today. May so-and-so not look for people's approval today, but your approval today, God whether they slander us or praise us. God, I pray for those who are going through slander, who have been persecuted around the world, people in the church, people outside the church, God. It's quite straightforward and it helps you not only read the Bible, but also it helps you in your prayer life. So if you if you struggle with either or, try praying the Bible and you suddenly find yourself double tasking, multitasking. You're not only you learning to read the Bible, but you're learning to pray at the same time. Really, really helpful and um, practical way in which you can pray through the Bible and you can pray to win. You can come claim some of the promises, some of those promises that were spoken over, you know, various characters in the Bible. Claim them for yourself. You know, promises that were that were claimed over the nation of of, of Israel. Claim them for yourself. Use the words of Scripture to pray and to believe. Um, Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to hear from um, four or five people who will share 
a short testament during our online services along the the theme, how prayer changed my life. And the way in which prayer changed my life um, is part of my my life story, my my sort of story since finding Jesus when I was a, a young teenager. And it's it's to do with my voice. For so long as a child and as, and as a young teenager, and even up, up until young adulthood, I struggled with my voice and struggled with confidence. I was quite a shy person. And now you look at me, I'm communicating, I'm public speaking, I'm using my voice um, to hopefully help you and hopefully encourage others. Um, but I really felt that I am a voice. And for a long time, I, you know, I've read scripture in the Bible about John the Baptist. I am a voice and God wants to hear my voice in prayer and of course it's okay to pray silently from time to time sometimes I'd encourage that as a child and as a, as a teenager sorry around uh, about the early university days if I was on a packed bus or on a packed train or in an environment where it was very awkward or difficult to pray out loud I'd often text God I'd literally type the message that I wanted to pray into my phone I wouldn't send it anywhere but I would communicate with God that way and those those sort of prayers are absolutely fine but for me I've learned there is a power in speaking out when I read the Bible I often try and read it out loud when I pray I often do it out loud because it helps me understand my who I am and that I am a voice and God wants to hear but also it really just helps with the whole process of praying and reading the Bible my life has changed because of praying using the voice that God has given me so that's the first part. Pray in the spirit. Pray the Bible. The second bit of scripture from that verse 18 I want to pick up on. It says on all occasions with all kinds of requests, with prayers and requests. In another part of the Bible, it says prayer, pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. You know, you might be part of WhatsApp groups or prayer chains or email lists or whatever, where, where prayer requests might come to you into your inbox or into your phone, or you might have people share requests, or you might be in a prayer meeting and somebody say, can you pray for this? Or We get these prayer requests that come to us, which is great, but sometimes we might say, I'll leave that until tonight, or I'll leave that till tomorrow and I'll pray. And sometimes the later never comes. In my situation, I often forget. So what I've got into the habit of doing is when a prayer request comes in, I get the message on my phone. I'm going to pray out loud right now. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be a massive thing, but I'm going to pray out loud now. So don't waste time. Don't wait. Um, pray for what you see. You could be scrolling through social media, which we can get down these wormholes and suddenly an hour has gone and you scroll and you've just been scrolling and looking and scrolling and looking and liking and shit. Why don't you just do that a bit slower on your Facebook or your Instagram? But each time you see somebody, you know, pray for them. Each time you see a headline on BBC News or on the 10 o'clock news or 6 o'clock news, pray for each headline, pray for each social media post, pray for each person. It doesn't have to be long, but just take time to pray without ceasing. The third part of this this passage, because it's so important to pray in the spirits, pray in the word of God. It's, it's so important to pray um, all the time, at all times, on every occasion for various different reasons. And then finally, number three, always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Pray persistently. Keep on praying. I read a book called The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. And the premise of this book is based on an ancient Jewish legend somebody called Honi or Honi, H-O-N-I, around about the time between the Old and the New Testament, that, that period of time, there is a legend that, that says that he 
during a drought, a severe drought, he drew a circle in the sand with his finger and he stood in that circle and he said to God, God, I'm praying for rain and I'm not leaving this circle. I will not stop praying until it rains. And sure, you know, I don't know how long it took, but there was a time where it drizzled, a little bit of rain appeared and he said, God, no, we need rain. And he kept praying and he would not leave that circle. He prayed persistently until the downpour came, the monsoon came and God's refreshing came. And there's a great principle, and this is the premise of the book, that we can draw circles around our prayers, identify our prayers. You know, you highlight them, you mark them, you, they're, they're markers in the sand. You keep referring back to them, you write them down in a prayer journal and you look and you keep going back, keep going back, keep going back. You involve others, you tell others, you share others what you're praying for and you invite them to pray with you. You talk about them to others. You be persistent. You claim the promises from the Bible and you, you sort of highlight them in your Bible and you, you, you write the prayers next to them in the Bible. You, you constantly go back to this sort of circle process of highlighting, identifying a little bit like the blind man. Jesus goes to him and says, what can I do for you? And it's obvious he's blind and he says, I want to see. So Jesus heals him. He, Jesus wants us to identify, circle, highlight, speak out what our prayer requests, not just hold them within and hope for the best, that he will hear them. You know, a little bit like the Israelites walking around the walls of Jericho, they had to circle the city of Jericho. They walked around over seven days, seven times, and then the walls came tumbling down and they got great victory. We need to be, and I think it's important, in order to keep on praying, to be persistent, is to be in close proximity to our prayers. So if you're praying for something over a period of time, you know, it might be a building, it might be a church, it might be a family member, you might be praying for a spouse, it might be a certain situation. If you can get close to that place, like the, the Israelites went to the walls, they went right up and close. Like Daniel, he opened the windows to Jerusalem and he prayed for Jerusalem three times a day. You want to be close to what you're praying for. And that's a really helpful way. So you know, helpful way to um, gain victory and to pray to win and also to pray without ceasing and to pray persistently is the prayer walk is to go to the places you want to pray go on prayer drives you know do the thing do something that helps you get close to these prayers to identify them to to stamp them to highlight them to circle them to to pray prayer circles to name them to and it's so key and it's so helpful i've got a diary where i write and it's a five-year diary and there's each page is a year is a day in the calendar year and it's divided in five for each year so each year over the period of five years i write you know a, a short prayer or a short um thought about the day and i can see over the over the years and and over each day what what it was like on the 6th of september last year or this and i'll be able to see what the 6th of september is like next year so it's a great way to write down your prayers so you know if you got can get a five-year diary it's a fantastic way of doing that and to circle your prayers and to identify them to pray persistently circle we did it with abigail our, our, our two-year-old um, even before she was born, we started writing down some promises that we wanted to believe. We took them out of the Bible. We said, you know, one of them is joy, that she will give joy and bring joy. And she's so, so far so good. That promise is, is coming to pass. But we circled these prayers and we highlighted them and we continually go back to them and say, yes, thank you, God. And we praise God. And, you know, certain areas where, where we haven't seen what we wanted to see yet. 
we go back and say, okay, let's go again, let's pray again, let's keep circling, let's keep highlighting, let's keep drawing a circle in the sand and saying, God, I'm going to keep praying until that person gets becomes a Christian. I'm going to keep praying until that person gets healing. I'm going to, I'm going to keep praying until that person gets a job. I'm going to keep praying until something happens. Draw a circle around your prayers. I'm nearly there at the end of this message. And on a message about prayer, normally what you would hopefully be encouraged to do, and I really do hope that you're encouraged to pray to win, that you want, you know, I hope this message has been helpful in terms of you praying. But the final verse, final two verses that I want to read to you from Ephesians challenges me in a different way. I, I quite enjoy praying for people. It's not a problem for me to pray for others. But there's a challenge in there for me, and maybe you're like me. Let's let's read verse eight, 19 in Ephesians 6. This is Paul speaking, of course. It says, pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. What's amazing is the Apostle Paul, who, if you look at church history, if you look at the New Testament, did incredible things. He prayed, he asked in those two verses twice, would you pray for me for boldness, because to be fearless in how I communicate? You'd think the Apostle Paul would be someone that wouldn't need prayer. And in fact, even Jesus in his hour of need in the Garden of Gethsemane, not long before he was crucified, he asked his disciples, would you, would you sit and, and, and watch and pray with me? Jesus wanted his disciples to pray for him the challenge that might be for some of you is do you need to ask somebody to pray for you because it, it has two it has two benefits one is the benefit is you you if they're praying for you and they're praying to win then ideally what's happening is what they're praying for the good things that they're asking for you get but also there's a benefit to them because you're helping them draw a circle around that prayer. You're giving them an opportunity to see God's faithfulness. You're giving them an opportunity to pray scripture over your life as well as their own life. They're getting benefit as so are you. So there's so much importance. So the challenge, not only do I ask you to go home, or you're already at home, but to, to challenge yourself to pray, not necessarily more, but to pray without ceasing to pray in the spirit, so pray the word of God, and to pray at all times, and also to keep on persistently praying. But maybe the challenge is to ask somebody else to pray for you. So would you pray for me as I pray for you? Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for prayer. We thank you that we can come before you with confidence that you have the victory, that nothing can come against us. No weapon formed against us will prosper you have the victory and I thank you for your body I thank you for each person listening and watching today Lord we want to praise you and honor and give and we want to pray uh, for one another and for the church and Jesus now as we sing God we want to give you glory in the name of Jesus amen